Hey everyone and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. Today we have from 812 Film Reviews, Robert Daniels. I always think of 312. That's a Chicago joke, guys. But yeah, <laughs> I read that. <laughs> uh, but, you know where the name comes from, right? Uh, no. Eight and a half. Oh, of course. Of you course. Can't, you can't put the half in... And um and um and the algorithm and, and, no yeah it in, in the address bar right yeah I thought I was being really smart about it and it's it's a terrible title for a website in 2020 no, I'm like, not selling my website very well right now but anyways <laughs> uh, but no eight and a half so you kind of know what you're getting yeah right yeah get a bit of little Fellini in there yeah 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 <laughs> okay so you came back from the Toronto International Film Festival and uh, I like I said uh, when I was messaging uh, Robert in the emails. I um, said, okay, you know, we got to get this one out of the way first. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about Joker. Let's talk about your thoughts on it. Joker. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of that film. Ever. Yeah, what, what movie is it? <laughs> Apparently there are no other films that were playing at TIFF other than Joker. <laughs> I will say that was probably the hardest ticket to get at TIFF. Like oh, the premiere, yeah. the yeah. premiere night. Um, that the, the tickets for that were gone over a week in advance. Holy shit! Really? Um, and even the P, the the press and industry, they they announced two press and industry screenings. And um, <clears throat> Scotia Bank, if if no one has ever been to TIFF, Scotia Bank is is their version of AMC, but the theaters are massive. Like they're like 500 seat theaters. They're like the Music Box for reference, right? So mm -hmm. two of those, and people were lined up waiting to get in the Joker an hour and a half beforehand for, for two different theaters happening at the same time. They were both happening at noon. But yeah, Joker was the, um, it was the talk of the town. And it remained the talk of the town for days after. <laughs> it was, was it because the movie was good or just because of like all the publicity around it? I think both. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Give it away my, my hand. But yeah, yeah. I, think, I think both. I think it was just... Um, that film touched a nerve that I've, and it's, it's still touching a nerve that I've not seen ever. Um, really? It's just the people who came out of that film either loved it or hated it, and there was no in between. And I don't wow. know, I kind of... Your review seemed in between when I read it. You know? Yeah, it was, it was. I think I gave a 2.5 out of 4 to it. Um, yeah. And that's where I was for, I didn't write about it immediately. I took a couple of days to think about it. I know a lot of people had instantaneous visceral reactions to it and uh, I, I wasn't there I was more uh, I, I don't know not, I guess not I don't want to say philosophical because that means they weren't but um, um, I don't know I just I didn't have an immediate reaction to it I, th I thought it was a very complex film I think some people don't think it's complex but I think what it was um, the conversation around it was very complex and mm -hmm. I wanted to I wanted to get it right quote unquote get it right um, but yeah there were you could have, if you were sitting in the screen, you could have turned to one person who absolutely hated it, turned to another person who absolutely loved it. Um, mm -hmm. It did get an ovation, a, a slight ovation, probably about 30%, mm -hmm. um, which is very rare in a PNI. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly rare in a PNI. Last year, to, at least the films I went to, there are only two films last year that got standing ovations um, d during their PNIs. Uh, one was Roma, and the other was Green Book. <laughs> what? Yep. Green. Well, so that tells you how much an ovation means. <laughs> Green, Green Book got a standing ovation during its P and I. Jesus. And Christ. it is still the, that was the moment. No one had any expectations. No one knew what Green Book was. That was the moment everyone kind of looked at each other. And was like, 
this film might be something. It might go on to win a few Oscars. No one thought Best Picture, but everyone, some people thought, oh, maybe Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, wow. and maybe Screenplay or something like that. Um, but yeah, that got a standing ovation. Joker got, a, I say, 30% of the crowd stood up and cheered at the end. Um, wow. And the film in itself is is just visually fantastic. <laughs> yes. It's, now, now I gotta ask: Is this movie a Scorsese ripoff with clown makeup? Or, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know what? It does. It it does the ripoff very well. So know? it has its own voice. It's not just. It's not just straight up ripping something off like that scene from It Chapter Two where they. It lifted the scene from the thing where the guy's head comes off and the tentacles come out. Like it's actually its own voice, and it yeah. creates something itself. Yeah, it does itself. feel like it's. It does feel like its own voice. I do think Todd Phillips. Um, I I. I was concerned when I read he was directing. I'm like the Hangover guy. Like, yeah, I would <laughs> say the the weakness of that film comes from Todd Phillips not fully exploring and inspecting the character. That's mm. what I, I think the weakness of it comes from. But does it have its own voice? Yeah, it does. Um, and like I said, it's, it's it's visually stunning. Some of the cinematography in it is just amazing. Mm. There, for some reason this year, there have been a lot of, um, I've, I've been about four or five films where they've just been using 360 pans a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's one of them. And there are moments where just the camera's just panning around Joaquin and Joaquin Phoenix. This is, I mean, I know a lot of people were like, well, you know, it's just um, maybe a ripoff of the master or even he, oh, he did the same thing and, and you, mm -hmm. uh, you were never really here. And I, I'd say that the, the broodingness of the character is, is the same. The, the, the anti, I don't want to say antisocial, but just, you know, just uh, the outsider. So, sort of quality. like the autistic spectrum of him in a way. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? In, but I will say, I think, I, I do think that's stopping short. I do think... He's so stiff and masculine. Every single one of his his his, uh, his performances, but here he's just so limber. He's so loose, and the, the, his movements are almost poetic. They're almost like mm. there are so many moments where he's just dancing. It's almost like a ballet. Yeah. Um, and the camera just softly swirls around him, and on it's just amazing. And Joaquin Phoenix, if if for nothing else, that film is worth seeing for Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and the visuals. Now, like I said, where the script goes, I do think there are some portions, like I said, that should have been teased out more. I do think the mental illness portion could have mm. been te teased out. Um, I do think there is, there should be some wariness by anyone when they start connecting mental illness with violence. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, because as someone who has, uh, I have a fascination with films about mental illness, and I've been making a documentary for a countless number of years about mental illness. Uh, do you think, do you think it mishandles mental illness in a way, or because you said you it correlates with violence? Mm -hmm. So how how does that, how does it specifically correlate with violence without, I guess, giving away the uh, plot? Um, hmm. um, well, I don't know. I would, I would say... Like, does it simplify his, his disease? Because I know he has, like, an uncontrollable laugh in the film that he can't help. I don't yeah. think it simplifies it. I think it unnecessarily exploits it. Ah, um, yeah. And I, I think... Um, I, th I Really, I think the mental illness portion 
really comes down to whether you think he's a hero or whether you think he's the villain of the film. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was split. It was yeah. I did I found people who did not think he was the hero of the film, but mm-hmm. I did see I did find people who thought he was, and they, they thought he was, and they thought that they had mishandled the mental illness portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, without giving it away, um, the 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 impetus for his violence is mental illness, his mental illness, mm-hmm. and I guess the world's reaction to his mental illness yeah. in a way. Yeah, so I see. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I think it's a film where people are, they kind of already have strong reactions without it even coming out. Maybe too strong. I yeah, you know, know I, I, and I don't want to like, I don't want to accuse of any anyone of being like not yeah. completely sincere in their thoughts. But mm-hmm. some people, it did, it did kind of feel like on the ground, like had kind of made up their mind already mm-hmm. <laughs> before yeah. it even played and both ways too both mm-hmm. ways of like they mm-hmm. were going and knowing they were going to love it or going and knowing they were going to hate it sorry <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that <laughs> um, <laughs> no I mean yeah I do think there are people who went in both ways who were just and then there were people who just really were just were I just antsy about it. Like I, you mm. know, it, there was a mood going into that screening. It you could just feel the tension in the air. Wow. <laughs> and I've I've never I've never had that before ever. And I, I I do think what's great about the film maybe might not even the port may may not be these things that the film's trying. I don't know, not trying to do, but it, it may not be the film itself. I mm. I do think. It's pretty amazing that a major studio released an awards contender that they knew was going to be divisive. Mm. And you do, especially a comic film, you do not <laughs> get that very often. So many films play it safe, especially the Marvel stuff. Not to do Marvel versus DC. No, no, no. <laughs> because DC can also be that way. But like, there's just something, I don't know, there was something refreshing about someone taking a chance, even if that chance they, they utterly failed <laughs> so there's always a part of me we we talked about um, we've talked about cloud atlas a lot of times yeah there's a part of me that loves big kind of failures you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if like you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a film then take a chance yeah be like coppola with apocalypse now yeah i, I mean, mean i wouldn't put like, it on coppola level but okay yeah. <laughs> not coppola, but you know what i mean like there's that great quote from where he said you know fuck it if you're being pretentious you know go for it because there's nothing worse than being pretentious. Everything that you do then is shit, it's scum. You yeah. know, but at the end it's like, but you want to kind of go for that level. Yeah. You know, you want to go big. Because if you're too, because the, the one thing that annoys me with a lot of movies is when they don't take that chance. Yeah. When they kind of dance around a subject. Or they, uh, or they dance around what they're trying to say. And it's like, no, just, just go for it. Because uh-huh. you can either, because either way, people are going to like or hate your movie or they'll be in between, but I'd rather have someone have an extreme reaction to my film mm-hmm. than to just, you know, see it, walk out the theater, and immediately forget about it. And I, I do think, I think, and I said this at, to, um, I said this to Andrea, Andrea Thompson. Yeah. If you guys don't know Andrea Thompson, she writes for The, the Reader, and yeah. she also has her own website, A Real of One's Own. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug. Um, but <laughs> I, we're I, all here <laughs> to help each other. We're all here for the community. <laughs> but I was, I, I was just, I told her, I was like, oh, I think no matter what, this is a film we're going to be talking about for the next 20 years. 
God damn. Like so, I, yeah. I do feel, and I really want to, I really want to know. This, it's almost like for me, and I, I don't want to put them on the same level, but it's almost like The Last Jedi for me, where I really want to see what the conversation about this film is going to be in 10 years, mm, 15 years. Yeah. Um, I want to see what it's going to be like outside of the storm that it was kind of, you know, brought in um, and judged on the film as a film in itself. Because it feels like sometimes that f the movie wasn't being judged as a film in itself. It was being mm. judged in the context of the conversation. Where's Batman? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, but, no, it, it's, I think, yeah, so, so do you think this is one of those movies you'll have to see again? Because when you're a critic, you kind of have to give your review right away after you see a film, and then it's like, you gotta let it fester. You have to see it again. You have to understand it. I did immediately want to see it again. The yeah. second I was there, I was like, you know what? I don't know what I think about that film. I might completely hate it, but I want to see it again. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it is a film that that welcomes rewatching. Yeah. Yeah. Even even if you even if you might be well, actually, no, I don't want to say even if you might be triggered because you know, never rewatch if you're triggered. Never. <laughs> um, never. 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 I was triggered initially when I saw a Clockwork Orange. Actually. Oh really? I was. Yeah. I I was absolutely sickened by it, and then I saw it a second time, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah. maybe if you're, maybe. So maybe you so. don't know. You don't know, but it depends how you're triggered. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go in with an agenda, then maybe, you know, that's that's different. You know, if you go in like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna hate this film. Well, you know, I'm gonna go in and be like, this is gonna be the greatest thing ever. You know, and fuck Marvel or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Or like, I want Walking Phoenix to get an Oscar so it could be in because everyone's comparing Walking Phoenix to Heath Ledger. And I, and, uh, it's, it's like, I would say his performance is completely separate. I don't exactly. think yeah. there's any portion of his performance that Where you could say, oh, yeah, Heath Ledger. <laughs> there's like one shot that I thought, oh, that's Heath Ledger. They so mm. stole that from uh, The yeah. Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, there's, and it's, this doesn't give, no, actually, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. It, it kind of is. But, um, but no, there's one shot that, like, when you see, you're like, oh. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's a very famous shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all. So, you know what? We talked about the Joker, and there's absolutely nothing else at TIFF. So, thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> now, let's, let's actually, uh, let's get into another movie that uh, a lot of folks are talking about. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and I actually did write an article way back, and I got to get Facebook's permission. They gave me the little letter with the password to put it in, but I probably had to, I didn't reply to that in forever. Uh, I wrote an article about what would Mr. Rogers think about Donald Trump that I want to put in there, and uh -huh. it comes from a sympathetic angle, actually. Uh -huh. But uh, you know, we had the phenomenal documentary. Uh, Won't you be my neighbor? Come on! I didn't say I didn't call it. Won't you be my neighbor? Did I? <laughs> like even I'm confused again. No, no, yeah, yeah. Beautiful yeah, day in you the got, neighborhood. You got it right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Won't you uh, be my neighbor? Is the documentary. Beautiful day in the neighborhood is the feature film. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people actually came out of this movie uh, profoundly touched by it. And I think you know maybe there was some skepticism about you know oh this is going to be the same thing as documentary, but apparently it's not. And I was reading review, and I would love to hear. What you thought of it? What what uh, you know your friends around you thought of it? How Tom Hanks was? How uh -huh. the other characters were? Oh, no, you okay. okay? That was uh, it. No. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. So uh, I will say that that yeah. film, it felt like that film. A lot of people, not, I don't guess, one hadn't made up their mind, but a lot of people had had thought, well, you know what? I'm I'm I kind of know what that film's going to be. And I want to go yeah. to some of the other films and, and, and get to those and, and see. Because I, I went to the last P&I at TIFF, 
And there were a lot of major critics that went to that last PNI mm-hmm. who had like saved saved it almost to the end of their fe- for saved our it listeners. The end of the what's a PNI? Oh, it's a it's a press and industry screening. So okay. um, so there there are three types of screenings at yeah. TIFF. There's gala, mm-hmm. there's public, and there's PNI. Gala mm-hmm. is the big 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 premiere, right? That's like the all the stars are out and, and stuff like yeah, that. The yeah. the publics. Um, there can be some talent at those. It's rare, but like there can be some talent. Whereas like press and industry is specifically only for press and industry. So press being journalists who are covering industry, a lot of times are um, either publicists or are um, representatives from, from distributors who are looking to pick up a film while they're at the festival. Yeah. Um, so this was the last PNI of, of, of the festival. And it was late in the festival. It was like just uh, nine days. It was the seventh day of the festival. Yeah. So, and a beautiful neighborhood neighborhood had played a few times before then. So a lot of people would wait until the last second to see it prior to, like me, yeah. I did the same thing, just circle back around, you know, to see what it would be. But um, it surprised, I think, everyone for mm. how unique and ingenious it is. <laughs> it, mm. it, mm. is it, it is not, I'm, to, okay, so to lay the land of the film, it's not, about Mr. Rogers. It is based on an Esquire novel, I mean, an Esquire article, uh, Can You Say um, Hero? That's mm-hmm. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically a, a profile of Mr. Rogers, but it's done in from the perspective of the journalist. The journalist um, who Matthew Reese is playing mm-hmm. um, is going through some a, you know, some personal trauma and mm-hmm. is trying to work through that. And Mr. Rogers is almost kind of like his life coach mm-hmm. <laughs> in this, in this, in, in, in him trying to work through these issues. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Hanks is very much the supporting role in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much Matthew Reese's film. And Tom Hanks, he, they didn't use any prosthetics on mm-hmm. him. So they're not, they did not oh, try to make good. him look like Mr. Rogers. He's clearly not as skinny as Mr. Rogers. No. Um, <laughs> um, Heller uses a few, a few tricks to kind of get around that. Yeah, and yes, a few yes. instances. But he does have Mr. Rogers' cadence. Mm. He does, Tom Hanks is usually a very fast talker. Yeah. He very much slows down five or six mm. beats to kind of get the drawl that Mr. Rogers had. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he just, he just, he's, in some way he's being himself, and in many ways that's perfect. Yeah, because, because Tom Hanks is like the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yes. Or at least, or at least as we know, you know. Yes. Yeah. And he's, yeah. um, I, he's fantastic. It's his best performance since Captain Phillips. Wow. Um, yeah. And he's, I think there's so many portions where they very much humanize Mr. Rogers, where a lot of the film is about demystifying him, you know. Mm. And, and it's not sh- a puff piece on him. No, and that's, yeah. the, that's the irony is that... Um, the guy's supposed to write, to write a puff, puff piece, piece about yeah. him. Yeah, so... Um, but no, it's, it's very... You get to the heart of, of, of who he is. Now, yeah. what I will say is if you read the Esquire article, mm-hmm. there are a lot of moments where... Um, the the author of it, um, you know, will be describing like, oh, you know, I came in to interview Mr. Rogers, and then like he was he was lying on his couch and like in his bathrobe or something, and it's like you know, or something like that, not his bathrobe, yeah. but like you know, like a house like kind of robe or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, bathrobe sounds. He's not dirty. pulling like a Charlie Rose or anything. No, no, yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a wine <laughs> scene. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but he's he's lying on you know, he's just kind of 
casually just talking. That scene, those kind of scenes never appear. Mm-hmm. I would say a lot more of the scenes are actually drawn from the documentary. Mm-hmm. So the frame is very much the article, yeah. but a lot of the scenes are the documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's a combination. It's a very good synergy of the two. And I, I don't want to spoil it, but Heller, um, I just think... The uh, she, director, you mean, yes. Yes, yeah. Uh, Marielle Heller. Yeah, she directed Can You Ever Forgive Me and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, That's Diary of a, yeah. of a Teenage Girl, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, she, I, th- I honestly, I mean, without, there are other films I have to see, obviously, for the year, mm. but right now she would be my best director winner. Wow. Because I think the creative choices she makes in there is just The second so woman to ever win best director since Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, yeah. and she, she, she just creates this, this wonderful, Synergy. She she just so many great homages to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah. While humanizing Fred Rogers, while keeping uh, this film about the lead character, she's just she's balancing so many things visually and narratively. It's honestly, it's a fantastic piece of yeah. work by her. Wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's you know, it's like I think there's something about Mr. Rogers just touches us all because mm-hmm. we live, you know, in such diverse times or not divisive times not diverse i'm sorry yeah and and, you know we have a you know screaming madman in the white house (laughs) and it's nice to have someone who can remind us that people are inherently good and we don't have to be afraid of each other we're here to love each other and i think that's why anytime mr rogers pops up on screen we get a little we get a little teary-eyed yeah (laughs) yeah it's um it's yeah. And sometimes it's so, it's so hard to believe that he that someone that just yeah. good in it like existed. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah someone today. who was that good in this in this world. Yeah, you know, because childhood development is like children. I think are emotionally more developed than humans and a lot adults in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think when we become adults, uh, we lose our sense of empathy because. We have to face such adversity when we, when we get older. That Mr. Rogers reminds us, hey, you know, the, the children—they're still sweet and innocent. And mm-hmm. We can't lose that as adults, and we have to remember why it's important to be so kind to one another. Yeah, and that's the, the main message of of a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's yeah. very much remember, try to remember when you were a child and what you felt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there was a, I was there were a lot of oh that was the, yeah. that was the other film oh. that was the other this oh, year that yes. I was in that got a standing ovation at the end of the P and I my beautiful day in the neighborhood there were a lot of yeah. sniffles no, <laughs> yes 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 I, I could imagine yes that there would be except they were they were cheering for a different reason it wasn't the insular men like yeah fuck everyone no, I'm, I'm not saying everyone who likes Joker is an insular man I'm actually. Uh, Interested by it as someone who's dealt with mental illness, although I guess it's being exploited for violence. So we'll see. I'm I'm very curious about that film, but Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I would say, is like the one I want to really see above all of them. Uh, so then, uh, Pain and Glory. That's Almodovar's newest film, right? Or am I getting yes, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Pedro Almodovar's uh, recent film with Antonio Banderas. That's like the how many movies has he made with Banderas now? Like I want to say four. Uh, yeah, four or something like that. Like Skin I Live In, uh, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down. Um, I'm forgetting a couple in there. Did he, he Volver? He wasn't in Volver. No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. no. Uh, but uh, how how was uh, 
was how was Almodovar's uh, latest film? Does he still does he still have the magic touch? Is he still an amazing director? It, yeah, he 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 is. It's oh my god, the the oh the twist that happens in this film. <laughs> it just not, it's yeah, not it, an Almodovar film without a what the hell sort of he, moment. He waits yeah. to the very last second to oh, make shit. this twist. It is like it's the last shot. Is yeah. the twist, and I will say. If, if my if my favorite, it's if my my if this is my uh, this is my favorite film of Tiff. Wow, Pain and Glory. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I just the final shot. I think everyone was like, oh, just going, just fainting over how great it was. <laughs> um, um, and oh, Mamma Mia! <laughs> that's, but that's it's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very much um, it's his eight and a half. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, it is, it's, good it's, good it's, plug for the website. Yeah, <laughs> it is his eight and a half. It's very much about a, a, a writer director yeah. who is, he has lost inspiration for his creative work, uh, and it's very much you almost yeah. kind of autobiographical for 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 Almodovar. Yeah. Um, and um, Banderas plays 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 uh, the character um, that I'm blanking on of uh, the lead in the film, and. Um, but the thing of uh, the thing that makes him, um, I guess, you know, that's stunting his creativity is the fact that he's just in pain. Salvador he, Malo, that's his uh, character's name. In the movie. Okay, Salvador. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, and so, he's just in pain. He's he is in chronic pain because of a bad back that he's had multiple surgeries on. And so that is the thing that's kept him from being creative. Uh-huh. Um, and also he, like, whenever he, he'll, if he swallows water or something like that, he'll choke, you know. And really? so I think the, the great thing about this film is it's so against type for Banderas. Mm-hmm. Banderas, uh, much like Joaquin, is always this very masculine kind of figure. Yeah. So is Banderas, this very masculine, ma- ma- uh, muscular, masculine yeah. figure. Yeah. And he's so... I get, uh, he's very much infirmed in the film. Very mm. much kind of, I don't want to say you know feeble, but like yeah. he's clearly vulnerable physically and emotionally and mentally. He's yeah. vulnerable. This is clearly a man who has been in pain and has been in pain for a yeah. while. Um, it is probably Banderas' best performance of the, of the last decade. Wow. It is it's amazing. It's and I don't, I'm gonna keep saying best performance in a while, but like these, we're talking about my favorite films. Yeah. So, but the, it is like uh, I do think he he might end up getting a best actor nom for it um, yeah. because it's just it's, he's he has he's, his hair is overgrown. He's just grizzled away. If you ever seen George Clooney in the uh, in the Descendants, uh-huh. it's kind uh-huh. of like that. Yeah, it's very much like the kind of pretty boy image. The like yeah. you know the the. The '90s, you know, uh, 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 sexualized um, yeah. uh, Latin kind of um, yeah. persona is gone. It's just he's just this. He's, he plays this broken, shattered man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and he's uh, he's he's just incredible in it. Um, wow. There's really no other way to describe it. The film depends on a lot of flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the sets are very interesting without giving it away. The mm-hmm. sets are very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, <laughs> does, does it have the usual Almodovar, like, large usages of bright colors of the yes, reds yeah, and it does, blues? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Very v- vivid whites and blues and yeah. reds. Um, 
uh, and greens too. Very yeah, yeah very yeah, primary yeah. color. Um, a lot of primary colors. Um, and but it feels very glossy too. Mm. Very glossy and um, um, the, something to think about while you're watching mm -hmm. the film. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. It's like some spoiler thing or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. A slight, slight. It, 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 a, it, you know what? It, even with that information, you won't get it. You won't get. I'm telling you, won't. It'll be such it, a surprise. It reminds me of another Almodovar film I've seen, but I can't remember the name of it. It was the one about. This this young man and he wants to get this actress's autograph, and she's connected in the theater in some way to his mother, who was going out with a transgender woman, and it was about people who work behind the scenes in movies, which seems to be a reoccurring theme of his, and it's about careers that were once great that are now broken. Yeah, it seems to be a uh, yeah, it seems to be something he always revisits. And every, I think every one of the characters is. Uh, I can't I'm blanking on character names right now, but the co-star. <laughs> like, hey, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> um, the co-star in that film um, is another. You know, he's a, a heroin addict. Um, really? Oh, not a heroin addict. No, he's a cocaine addict. I should say. Which uh, one of these guys is it? Uh, right now we're oh, going through uh, IMDb. <laughs> uh, Alberto. Uh, okay. Yeah, the guy who plays Alberto. Um, yeah. Make sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You ever had that moment where you go through IMDb and you're like, wait a minute, this character is really important in the movie. Why is their name on the like cast list like this far below? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, just making sure. Yeah. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I just want to see a picture of him in the film. But yeah. yeah um, in IMDb, his hair is super short, but like in the film, is super. His hair is very long. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's but like, yeah, it's like me in my boxing days. You know, I would have the short hair and uh -huh. not the gut and everything. Yeah. Actually, now that we're correct myself, it was heroin. So he's a heroin addict. Okay. And but he used to be, um, he used to be the the main star of a yeah. of a film that. Um, uh, uh, Banderas Salvador directed Banderas' corrector directed mm -hmm. um, and they had a falling out and so mm. the, they come back together because there's a repertory theater that's doing a anniversary screening of a retrospective of it and they want to have them there for a QA. and a mm. so it's partly about you know fractured relationships with friends it's partly about stunted creativity about broken careers yeah. and then it's it's even it even deconstructs Talks. I mean, that doesn't deconstruct, but it's kind of a, you go into it, you hear pain and glory, you think of very masculine film, yeah. maybe even a toxic masculine film, mm -hmm. and it's it's not that. It's a very vulnerable film, and it's mm -hmm. actually the complete opposite of toxic, and it, it follows um, in terms of um, examination of sexual preferences that usually mm -hmm. happens in Amadovar's film. It mm -hmm. very much follows that kind of current mm -hmm. too. And it's kind of like he's using a lot of his uh, known themes in there because mm -hmm. he always would like to have so this one's a male-led film. A lot of his movies are female-led, but this seems like a movie where this it's not. He doesn't like to have toxic masculinity in his movies. You know, mm -hmm. he likes to explore those who like he's had transgender leads and mm -hmm. things of that nature in his movies, and he doesn't view it as something that's really addressed at the forefront. So yeah, I guess this sounds a bit like uh, the usual territory for him, and uh, as you said, this is one of his best movies in years, I guess. You know, it, yeah, it is. It very much it's a return to form for him. Wow. Um, and for everyone in this film, uh, Penelope Cruz is in it too. And she does fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, she's 
a little oh, excuse me, sorry. Um, just in screen time, she's a little bit overshadowed by Banderas, but still, yeah. nonetheless, she's she's doing amazing work. Yeah, yeah, it's good to stick around with the uh, people you know when you work on a film. <laughs> but uh, okay, so oh, this one caught my interest when you uh, when I read the review for it, the Sound of Metal, and this mm. uh, this is about a guy who, uh, from what I read, is he 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 used to be like a, a drummer, and then he went deaf. And mm -hmm. then this movie is like an ex true examination of sound design, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, it stars Riz Ahmed, the uh, London boy Riz Ahmed, um, <laughs> and he puts on a fantastic American accent. It's very particular. I wish we, we kind of had a pool going on and what was his accent that he was going <laughs> for, because they never say his, the origin of the character. Yeah. I, I, from my ear, it sounded northeastern kind of almost hispanic kind of gruffy mm. kind of accent um it's very particular i don't know why he chose it but that's what he kind of chose yeah but um so uh he plays a metal drummer and the beginning of the film he he has his hearing mm. um the film actually opens up with with him kind of about to do a blast on the drums <laughs> and um and he's part of a, yeah he's part of a metal band and but one day he wakes up and he is deaf Wow. And not the interesting thing, and the most interesting thing about this film is the sound design. It mm. very much is trying to replicate what a person who has impartial, I mean, who has a, a, who has partial hearing, how they hear the world, right? So mm -hmm. he's not completely deaf when he goes deaf. He, uh, I think, it's, when he visits the doctor, the doctor says he's lost seventy percent of his hearing. So it's almost like muffled kind of sounds, mm. like almost like. Um, underwater kind of sounds, mm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't, it's not that, it doesn't sound stock, mm. which is the mm. very impressive thing about it. Mm. And he spends much of the film, uh, because he's in, he's a recovering addict himself, he spends much of the film in a uh, community for the deaf, um, mm. and that's, that's where he's taken. And But he also holds hopes of getting cochlear implants for mm. his, to, to kind of return to his hearing. Um, and like I said, the, the whole time, it's just such fantastic sound editing. Yeah. The whole thing is closed captioned. Um, and I hope mm -hmm. they do that in every single theater because it, it's a great experience. Like kind of... Mm. Um, like even if you speak the language, Mm -hmm. Close caption is what you mean, right? Because this movie's in English, isn't it? Yeah, it's in English. No, okay. I'm like, but it's like, like he can't hear. Yeah, so. no, it'll say like, you know, banging pots or something like that. You know what I mean? In the subtitles, I guess. Oh, yeah. So it's, okay. it's not only just to say what the, they're saying, but the sounds that are happening too. So it's closed mm -hmm. caption in that sense, yeah. right? Um, and But there are moments where a, a lot of times we'll be in his hearing, but yeah. then will return to kind of just a, a normal kind of sound environment, right? Mm -hmm. And the the sound will just jump. You know, just mm -hmm. it, it sounds harsh coming back in. Mm -hmm. This no, this world that we're so familiar with, it sounds alien when we hear it again and when we go back into it. Yeah. Um, and it's very much uh, um, Martyr, just who's, who's directed it. Um, um, uh, it's foreshadowing mm -hmm. um, what's, going ha what's going to happen later in the film with his hearing. But it's... The, the way he switches in between and, and the way that he I, I, um, engages um, uh, ableism too, mm. right? Where um, Riz Ahmed's character is very much, he believes that Cochrane, he needs to be fixed. Mm. He believes he's broken and he needs to be fixed. Mm. And I remember uh, Toy Story 4, that became a big thing with, <laughs> with um, 
uh, what's the character's name? Woody? No, no, not Will Woody. Um, oh, the 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 little ragdoll Gabby, Gabby. girl. Gabby, 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 yeah, yeah, Gabby, Gabby, where where she wants a voice box and she wants to be fixed. And yeah. um, um, so, some critics who who are specialties in disability um, uh, mm -hmm. narratives and themes were saying, well, that that you know hits ableism because like yeah. you, you know why does she need to be fixed? Yeah. Um, and that this is very much dealing with that where it's you mm -hmm. know this character who who believes he needs he's broken and he needs to be fixed and it's uh, there's the character named Joe who runs the the community who's mm -hmm. very much against that who's very much like you you could do it but you have to understand it's not it's it's not going to solve everything that mm -hmm. you think it's going to solve. Um, so it's a very complex um discussion on uh ableism as well wow. and uh riz ahmed i mean this this film came in without distribution so which is wow um usually around i want to say maybe around 30 percent of the films at tiff come in without distribution it's yeah. not tiff isn't really an acquisition festival that's yeah. more sundance's bag mm. but um this one it, it, the word about this one traveled pretty quickly at the festival. You mm. need to see this. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I guys. think Amazon picked it up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. So we don't have to tell people the. <laughs> 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 okay. It's it's honestly it, it might work very well for Amazon since you can yeah okay you, know, you can keep the closed captioning obviously on on your. Old yeah. TV screen. Yeah, exactly. Laptop screen. Whatever you watch. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> your mode of uh, your media medium. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had loudspeakers I could put in my apartment to, you know, really get the. I don't know. I might if I watch it with headphones. I don't know if that would be good. I want to see the theater and see anything in the theater, guys. Yeah, I will <laughs> say it is. I will say the sound design is such. Yeah. I, I think you could see it in any environment. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, obviously yeah. I love, I love, I love the theater experience. Yeah. But yeah. I think you could see it in any environment the sound design will still come through because of the, the way yeah. it's being used, the timing it's being used in. Like I say, he doesn't, he, he switches so often in and out of, um, of impaired hearing and then, um, yeah. and then normal kind of audio function. Yeah. I, I wish more movies would focus more on their audio. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so tired of hearing, you know, the stock uh, sound effects that they use. Like, you know, you hear a Wilhelm scream for like the millionth time. In the oh movie. yeah, whoever whoever yeah. did the editing and whoever was the, yeah. the foley on that, <laughs> you're fantastic. I, I have to say that's one thing I will always <laughs> say I like about M Night Shyamalan is like his movies are goofy, but he he sticks with foley editing. Yeah, he sticks with foley sound. And I always say like use your own sound. Don't just go off the sound library as a filmmaker. That's just lazy. Don't do that. But th th this, I got, I got, you know, these are just wonderful uh, picks you have here. And then uh, the next one I saw in my notes here, this is an updated version in a way of Whiplash, which is the audition that you wrote about. But this is with a oh, female yeah. lead. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. I th I, that film was more divisive than I thought it was going to be. I think mm. I was like, some people really liked it, some people didn't. Uh, Nina Haas stars in it. I don't love Nina Haas. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's about this music teacher yeah. who um, is very much like the Fletcher character in Whiplash. Mm. Um, she expects perfection from her students. The thing is that, like, so if you imagine Whiplash, right, imagine it not from the student's perspective, but yeah. from Fletcher's perspective. Yeah. And you actually saw Fletcher's private life. That's yeah. what this film is. <laughs> oh, so this is Fletcher, uh, you mean J.K. Simmons' character? Yes, in the movie. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, so, so you see more of like why he's so messed up in the head. Yes, you do. You, yeah. see, you see her personal life. You see what she's dealing with. Yeah. Um, she comes from a father who expected the same thing of her, perfection. Mm. Uh, you, so um, it's opposite where the father's loving and whiplash. This one's like, no, you do 
you do well. Yes. I don't mean to compare it so much, but like the subject matter. Oh is yeah, very, it's, it's, uh, it's very similar. easy to compare the two. Yeah, and she is. She has a family. Um, yeah, and she expects the same thing of her son. You know, she yeah. she really wants her son to be great. Um, yeah, and but she's distant from him. It's yeah. it emotionally. She's an emotionally distant person. Um, Haas has some. Just amazing nonverbal acting in there, mm. um, because there, there's not as much dialogue as you would think. A lot of the, a lot of it's very much the, she communicates to maybe the twitch of an eye or, or uh, the twitch of, a, of 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 her mouth or something like that, mm. um, of being displeased, of being um, just in, uh, incredulous of. <laughs> um, That's and, a wonderful and, note on acting. So I remember I was watching an old episode of uh, you know Inside the Actor's Studio and. You know, uh, I don't remember, what was the name of the guy who hosts that show? I can't remember his name, but he... Lipton. He, yeah, James yeah. Lipton. Yeah, he was talking to Al Pacino, and, you know, he said, you know, how important is listening? And then, uh, you know, Al Pacino goes, about as important as speaking. You know, but that's a terrible impersonation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is. It's just as important as as, as speaking. And it's, it's refreshing to hear a movie that's more focused on an actor's reactions to something rather than just her words. There's a, yeah. I, I remember watching, there's another great moment where uh, he's asked about one of the biggest lessons he learned is, as an actor in the actor studio. Yeah. And he, he says uh, that um, just because just you can do everything doesn't mean you should do everything. Mm. And then he said, I don't often follow that advice. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> Take notes, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, <laughs> he really does not. He's, he knows he knows his flaws as an actor. But, oh, yeah. Um, but you know, he's like, no, just give me the screaming guy. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, that film is very much, it, it's focused on her. It's very much a character study of her as an individual and mm. what, you know, I keep saying toxic, but what toxic, you know, dysfunctional uh, households can do and what yeah. it results in. And you see the effects of it almost like it's almost generational where it's like yeah. something that's passed on where her father was this way, she's this way, and then her son is this way, and her son's effing psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. Film. We can swear on here, don't worry. <laughs> he is fucking psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's literally children of the corn, psychotic. Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> like he's just fucking like killing people left and right or something. Um, you know what? He he gets he gets pretty close to it on, on a few damn. occasions. It's it. I mean, and like I said, I'm surprised at how divisive it was, but I absolutely loved the film. It was when it was in one of my top. Let me see what I ranked it on Letterbox. I saw 36 uh, yeah. films at TIFF. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> you saw 36? 36. Holy shit! Yeah. You wrote reviews for about like how many? Like ten or so? Um, I wrote about twenty. Films. Okay, wow. So I wrote ten for my website. I wrote four for the playlist, and I wrote about six for Roger Ebert. Oh wow! Yeah, so I wrote Ooh, about. 20 that's a of them. lot of. That's a lot of writing. I had it at nineteen, and my t- but um, that Did- was around twenty-two. After twenty-two, then it was it started dropping off of like what I liked. I, the first the first twenty two on my thirty six were like films that I liked, and then the ones after yeah. like yeah. <laughs> did, did, did did you like nearly pass out trying to write, or like how do you keep do you have like an editor, or how do you how do you keep track of all that? Um, well, I had an Excel doc that was because um, last time I went to TIFF, I went for myself. Yeah. Um, so like I didn't really I don't my editor is myself. Um, yeah. So like it was a lot more low key. I kind of wrote at my own pace. I did a yeah. lot of my reviews 
after the festival. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This one, because I was writing for Tutor for Sites, I, I did have to stay on, on schedule. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> did, did my best. Um, <laughs> sorry in advance, Brian. <laughs> did, did. Be, be nice to him, Brian, please. <laughs> I, did, I did my best on most of them. But I, I did stay on schedule, I think, for, for 95% of the films that I saw. Okay. Um, because Most because I, last year I saw 45 films. Wow. This year I saw 36. I really made it a point not to see too many films. And I very much, I had spots blocked off in my Excel doc specifically. This is for writing. And that's yeah. it. There, we are holding ourselves to it. It doesn't matter what screening we can get into. This is yeah. for writing. We need to do the writing. We need to get the writing done. And yeah. it has to be good writing. <laughs> wow. Um, so for, for, for Ebert and for the playlist, I did have editors. Um, I am one of those people though, I, I think there are two different types of writers. There are yeah. writers who are very much like, well, I have an editor, I can just get it out there and they'll, they'll fix it up for me and stuff like that. And that yeah. happens a lot at festivals. It happens a lot more than people think. Yeah. Where you're on a deadline and you're just, you need to be one of the first ones out there. Yeah. And it's, there's so much emphasis put on being first. You yeah. have to be first. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, I heard some critics like, yeah, you know, I wrote this review in, in 30 minutes, and I just sent it out, you know, for the editor. Yeah. I, I could, I can do that. I'm just gonna feel really bad about myself for yeah, doing that. Yeah, because it's like you don't know what. You, so you just write it, you vomit it all over the page, you don't check it, and then you just send it. Yeah. So that's what yeah. some people do. I'm kind of the complete. I was yeah. lucky that that Brian and and Rodrigo, who run the playlist, yeah. uh, well, Brian runs Rodrigo, but yeah. Rodrigo runs the playlist. Both of them were very understanding. On they weren't pushing me too hard of, hey, you have to get this out there. Yeah. And that's very much why I like writing for them because it's very much about the craft of the writing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't, it, it was very much, okay, I got to kind of think about it and try to get the best thing out there that I could at the time. Granted, there's still moments like, you know, like you go back and reread, you're like, darn it, I should have mentioned that. I yeah. should have said that. Yeah. I could have done this. I, maybe that was a little bit too much summary that I did over there, you know. Um, but you're just, you're, you're working at such a fast pace at TIFF. I think, you know? I think at the end of the day, it's just you're at a horse race. Yeah. You know, you, you just got to get through that gate. Yeah. You know, and it becomes, it doesn't like become like a competition between everyone as to who can write the fastest and get the review out first? It, you know, it does. And I didn't, like I didn't feel that because like I said, I was yeah. writing for myself and I was writing for two editors who were very, like yeah. who weren't in that kind of horse race. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, um, but I, I did know some writers who were in that, who yeah. were like, and um, he, I think it was one writer, I'm not gonna name names. Name but, names, no, I just <laughs> But his, his editor was, was, was angry at him. He's like, why does, you know, blah, 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 have their review up already? You know, you don't. He's like, well, they went to the effing premiere this morning. Like, I'm doing the P&I that's three hours later. Like, yeah. and I, he said, I told you in advance that was going to happen. Like, you yeah. can't expect me to have the review out. Yeah. You know, if you want me to get it out and with them, you got to get me in the premiere, yeah. you know. But you, you have stuff like that where people are just like, where's the review? We need the review. Wow. Everyone else is posting a review. And it's like. Calm, calm down. Yeah, calm. let's let's calm down, guys. You know we're gonna be talking about these movies for months. Exactly. For months, like we're gonna be talking about the Joker, and we're gonna be talking about Joker from now. Un unfortunately, for some people, from now until Oscars, and maybe afterwards. Yeah. You know, there's really no reason to rush. There are a lot of the the old school mm. writers who were, were saying like, you know, when I first went to TIFF. 15 years ago, we didn't write at all during TIFF. Yeah. You know, you did it when you got back, you know. Yeah. It was just for watching the films, and it's, it's just, it's not that anymore, you know. Yeah. You're, you're writing about 
And you're writing about 20 films. And that's really, honestly, that's a disservice to the films. Yeah. Because it's, I think it's so much harder to take a chance on a film. Yeah. You know, because you, you like, well, I can't miss Ford versus Ferrari. I have to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like maybe, you know, I, you, you could have taken a chance on that foreign language film that needed a couple more eyes. Or mm-hmm. you could have taken a chance on something like um, the independent film that really, it needs that good push coming yeah. out of TIFF. Really needs it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, Ford versus Ferrari will be okay. Yeah. You know, Joker will be okay. Yeah. You know, all these big hitters, even a beautiful day in the neighborhood will be okay. Yeah. But yeah, you talk about something like The Sound of Metal, they need the PR. You know, you, you yeah. talk about um, bad education. Not, yeah, was, yeah, bad was education. Like, yeah. That was another one I I, I was reading uh, from you. Uh, th- th- that's a uh, that's a th- yeah that's one with um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. And he's kind of playing the same role as he is in The Contender in a certain sort of way. Yeah, yeah? Psychologically, yeah, in yeah. the same way. Um, very much a man with secrets. Very yeah. much, but very persuasive. Yeah. <laughs> like very, very like it's it's. Hugh Sexy Jackman, yeah. you know he's got that he's got he's got that suave to him. He's yeah. so good as a Fengali kind of figure. People just kind of just gravitate toward him. Yeah. Uh, but I I think this film is far and away better than the front runner. Um, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Sad I heard the front runner was I heard it yeah. wasn't so great. I'm sad yeah. I went to HBO. I really wanted this to be. It played very oh, well really? in, in a crowd. Oh. It, it was it's a dark comedy. It's from Corey Finley who made yeah. Thoroughbreds. Um, I wonder if it had to do with the, the title, because like the title, immediately I just thought it was like a comedy or something. Bad Education? Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's a, a great I was thinking title. of like Bad Teacher with like Cameron Diaz when I read the title. No, you know? it's, it's not. I don't think it's... it's and as, as I know that the film is actually that nefarious, I think what's yeah. the very interesting thing about this, and I, I wrote about it, but I think uh, uh, Brian actually articulated yeah. it a lot better than I did, um, was, was the fact that um, it's very much a film about people who aren't, um, actually, well, actually, to get the frame of the film, actually, um, it's about uh, a, a few school administrators who ended yeah. up stealing money from or laundering money from the school district. Really? Yeah. And they, I had but, a church that did that when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was in, I was in this place called St. I'm going to give away the name of the church. I don't give a shit. Uh, sorry, family. It was called St. Peter and Paul's <laughs> Church, <laughs> and they were over in the suburbs, and they like and they like laundered money for themselves. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so so th- this school's taking money from the community and pocketing it for themselves. Yeah, there are individuals within the school, yeah, and yeah, church yeah. within the school, taking money and pocketing it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and the the descent into how deep this goes is it's pretty amazing. But yeah. I like I said, I. The, now, circle back around, I think Brian <laughs> explained it perfectly when he said this is very much a film about people who just kind of maybe just got caught up in themselves. You know, yeah. these aren't people who are wholly evil. Uh, they mm. are flawed flawed individuals. Yeah. Um, and it probably, I guess, not meant the best, but just, you know, just got caught up, you know. Yeah. So, and I, I think that is... The cre- creating though, and every th- I don't think there's a flat character in that whole film. Every yeah. single one of the characters is so well drawn and so well developed. Um, it's very refreshing to see that kind of a that kind of way, kind of scandal based film. You yeah, know? And it's a, yeah. The, but there there are human beings within the center of the scandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know why when I was like reading the description, it reminded me a little bit of loose. It's like it's in a high school. It's about oh, like a, you know, no, and it's, it's not, not loose, but it's, but it's not like the same. It's not nearly the same sort of complicated issues. Mm-hmm. I think it is not. Loose. But I don't know why it, it loose is on a loose different planet <laughs> masterpiece. It should be. Uh, God, it was amazing. I I don't think it's gonna. People are telling me it's not gonna go farther in the Oscars. Which no, really unfortunately not. And maybe Octavia Spencer pulls out a, a nod. <sighs> Um, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm, you know what, God, I'm saying it right so now, good. I'm going to be so angry today at the Oscars when Kelvin Harrison Jr. goes over for two, because for, God damn it, yeah. him and Loose and Waves, oh my he's God. Just, he's just a <laughs> fucking beast, man. Yeah. He not, is uh, killing right now. He is amazing in Waves. You're going to be hearing about that film. That film came, that was another film that came out of nowhere, because yeah. they had announced it at TIFF at the last second, and everyone's like, okay, let's see what this is. And there, were a lot, there was a lot of buzz going into the screening of it. Yeah, um, they, a lot of they had to add screenings to yeah. the, for for the demand because like it was just amazing. If you go on to if you go on to the uh, to to YouTube and find the trailer, that trailer does not tell you what that film is about. Oh I, really? I don't think there is a I don't think there's probably there's probably no other trailer that hides what a film is about better than the Waves trailer because oh, it goes through some. some Dark places. Uh, <laughs> what is okay? So, what is that? Was I saw that? I think at the top of your page. What what is waves about? Um, oh man, it's so hard to get. Out. Okay, so you're gonna spoil it within yeah. like five. So, okay, minutes. so okay. So like, um, I, I guess a log so, line would be. <laughs> um. So all right. So it is about a black family. Yeah. Um, a well-to-do black family in a well-to-do neighborhood. Um, it stars Sterling K. Brown as the father. Um, mm-hmm. and then it also stars. Taylor Russell, who plays the daughter, Kevin yeah. Harrison Jr., who plays the son, and I can't remember who plays the wife. Um, but it's about that family unit, and it's about love. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, about toxic love, um, if you can call it love, um, when it's toxic. And but then it's also about innocence mm. and affection too. And it's split into two different parts. Yeah. Uh, the first part is about the son. The second part is about the daughter. Mm. And if you think about a wave as an ebb and flow, yeah. right? The first part is very much about the son kind of ebbing away from the family. Mm. The second part is about the daughter flowing back into mm. the family. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's stylistically, I think, one of the most adventurous films at TIFF. It was one mm. of the most, yeah. Uh, wow. I think... Uh, Schultz is the director. Um, of, Schultz. Of What's his name? Uh, I'll pull it up here. Uh, Trey Edward Schultz. Yeah. 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 Trey Edward Schultz directs it, and, and he does it. some yeah. um, very fa- he does some very fantastic things with the camera on it. Um, my favorite shot there's he. Oh God, again, he's so a, young. <laughs> it's another film that depends on like a 360 pan, but the way that he does it, yeah. he does it. It's 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 within like a car. So imagine if you're, you're oh, like yeah, in your car, right? You got yeah. four people in the car. And they have like a big rig on the car, kind of like they did with uh, Children of Men or something like that. No, it's not that. It's yeah. not that actually. It's like within the car. It's at such a low angle that's almost like you could barely see the faces. It's it's supposed to imitate like a, a camera phone. Right, oh. like if you're Snapchatting or Instagramming it, but it doesn't have that kind of that framing, that vertical kind of framing that you get on a phone. You yeah. know what I mean? If you did it, 
Um, so did they? They didn't use it on a phone. Then they probably used something like a smaller camera, like a black magic, and shot it on like 4K and probably spin it yeah, around. Yeah, that's exa- that's yeah. exactly what they did. And he, yeah. it goes wide. It, it's a whole films and widescreen until yeah. when it go when it goes dark and it goes dark. When that moment when it goes dark, he switches the aspect ratio to Academy. <laughs> oh, it goes four by three. Yeah, and it oh, goes super. It, it's you're just you're trapped within this moment that is just. So, um, it's so painful, and it's there's a this moment. This is my kind of film. There's there's a moment <laughs> when it's in the Academy ratio when it go when it is at it is its apex that set an audible gasp through the entire audience. Like five hundred people just gasp, like clutch their pearls at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you are. I mean, Kelvin Harrison Jr. I don't know what who's giving him his scripts, but they pay him extra. Pay, pay him damn it. extra. Give this man his due. <laughs> He is. I'm going to be so angry when he goes 0 for 2 for getting an Oscar nomination this year. But I don't think anyone's having a better year other than Adam Driver and yeah. than, uh, than Calvin Harrison Jr. Right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that Adam Driver movie you were mentioning to me earlier. Yeah, Marriage Story stars Adam Driver. Marriage Story. Um, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Alan Alda, and... Why am I thinking Alice and Janie? I got I'll pull it up. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Dern. Yeah. Uh, so those are the, the the main. Those are the four main people in that film. Um, mm-hmm. And it's by uh, uh, Noah Baumbach. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically about the disintegration of a marriage. <laughs> that's it. That's Ooh. that is the, that is the. It's the, like Blue Valentine. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that's base, the basics of it. You're seeing a marriage. You're seeing two people who are divorcing each other. Yeah. And it's somewhat autobiographical apparently <laughs> oh really did he draw it so he okay yeah. <laughs> um and the 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 interesting about this film like all divorces or not all divorces but for yeah. a lot of divorces the two the couple are they're pretty reasonable with each other yeah know? and then you see as the divorce goes on these two people they who just start ramming each other more and more and more and more and more (laughs) and there's this one scene that happens very late in the film um, where they they, it's almost a kind of cathartic release where it's Scarlett Johansson and and Adam Driver's characters and they are in a literal shouting match (laughs) this is better than like Revolutionary Road yes yeah they're in a literal shouting match and Adam Driver if there is a one through ten scale, he hits a twenty. Really? <laughs> it is just—it's the best performance of his career. It's the best performance of Scarlett Johansson's career. Scarlett wow. Johansson, if she can just shut up for like ten minutes, yeah, just just <laughs> shut the fuck up, Scarlett. You she, don't need to play a transgender black lesbian in a movie. She <laughs> has, she has this Oscar pretty much. Uh, the only person who could beat her is Renee Zellweger for Judy. She yeah. pretty much has this solo yeah. sewn up. Um, Which Judy might be Oscar bait, so you know it is Oscar bait. Yeah. I was not a fan of Judy. We're not going to go into this. <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> I, it was one of I think. What, what, did I have it in my bottom five of Tiff? <laughs> Judy. Judy. Yeah. Yes, it was Judy, in my bottom. Judy. Sorry, that's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh no, that's also it's a it's a misappropriate line for for. Um, uh, uh, Cary Grant, uh. Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, it was in uh, my bottom five. Wow, Tiff. 
Um, I absolutely despised it. <laughs> so before we get into Judy, uh, what, you, you said like this is Adam Drivers. I think you told me like his best performance ever. Yes, essentially, ever. or like one of the best performances you've seen. Yeah, it's it's. I think when we do we're now that we're at the end of the decade, yeah. when we're talking about male performances of the decade, he's in the top twenty with this performance. Man. It's it's just. It is, oh my god, he's so amazing. Um, there's, it, like, literally when, when I was in, like, kind of in press row, uh, uh, what was I saying, at the Winter Garden Theater in, in, in Toronto, um, the, at the end of that scene, there were, I heard five people say, wow. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn. <laughs> it's just you're, you're just, you're not prepared for the amount of emotion that he shows. And he, a lot of people were, were just talking about, Al Pacino, right? Where Al Pacino shows that he goes to those heights. He does, he pulls an Al Pacino, oh, yeah. but it's not overacting. You don't feel like he's yeah. uh, he's completely, yeah, you know, just uh, <laughs> tearing his performance apart. You know, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Adam Driver. It's amazing. Oh really my is amazing. God. I'm I, I think he's. It's I'm between down. him and Joaquin Phoenix for Best Actor. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a juicy Oscar season, you yeah. know, because like you you have like the comic book nerds who really want to see, you know, another Joker movie or a Joker incarnation win an Oscar because they're unfairly comparing it to Heath Ledger. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, you have maybe someone who is giving one of the best performances in in, in 20 or 10 years, then, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be, like, no matter matter who wins, one side's going to get angry. (laughs) I, you know, and I mean, right now, if I did the horse race, I'd say Joaquin slightly ahead. Yeah. I do think he's, he might tap into the overdue narrative, and he is significantly overdue. Didn't he win for Walk the Line, or was he just nominated? He was nominated. Oh, I thought he won. Yeah. Yeah, he's I'm, overdue. He's, he, uh, his previous Oscar nominations, I'm off the top of my head, I think Walk the Line, yeah. um, The Master, um, Gladiator, yeah. that might be it. Oh, I didn't know he was nominated for the Master. Now, yeah, he's kind of doing the same thing with this one, the Master, where he's a little. Mm. I don't know. It's just it's just walking Phoenix. You just point a camera at him and say, "Go." <laughs> you know, just like, what do you want me to say? Just be yourself. I'm yeah. like, no, do, do what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so Marriage Story is an absolute. I gotta see this. This is. I like movies about crumbling relationships rather than ones about. People falling in love and all that cute stuff happening. Because we and see waves, that enough stuff. Waves is both. Yeah, Waves is both. Yeah. yeah crumbling relationship and people falling Bring in love. Yeah, it's and both. Damn. Oh, and Lucas Hedges is in uh, Waves, too. I oh, really? Yeah. And I, we, Lucas Hedges, I think, gives a, a, a against type performance. He's always the yeah. angsty teen. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But he, So he's not like the same character in Manchester by the fact and see. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's very he's very vulnerable in it. Very charming. Oh, wow. Yeah, very charming. Very innocent in a yeah. way. Yeah, very wow. interesting. So why does Judy suck ass? <laughs> uh, I just, you know what? I just did not buy Renee Zellweger as Judy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I just, there wasn't, there was never a moment where I thought, oh, she's Judy Garland. She, I don't think there's ever a moment where it feels like she's disappearing in this role. Yeah. Um, you can see the prosthetics. Did it, did it feel a little bit? Because I felt like that way with Natalie Portman and Jackie. Like I absolutely love the aesthetics of that film. Oh no! But I thought like Natalie Portman was just like putting on like a whole voice. And, oh no! I thought yeah. she was fantastic. In okay. Jackie. Okay. I think she's she very. She's not trying to. I don't think she's. I someone who did a someone did a um. 
if you go on YouTube, yeah. one of the more famous videos on YouTube is a guy who does accents, and he talks about. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think he talks about the the um, her her role. Her role in it, and he yeah, said and he, like she was good. Yeah, he said she was okay. good. He well, said, I'm yeah, wrong. She got it. She captured it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was amazing, and I was just like, holy crap! And I thought her the, uh, the now we're gonna talk about. But I thought yeah. the, the, what. Uh, Funny enough, Pablo Lorraine, who has a, who had a film at TIFF called Emma. Um, uh, okay. Um, I thought what he, what her, what she had to do was so much harder because he's focusing so much on close-ups and extreme close-ups, mm. right? It's just she, the movie succeeds or fails on her. Yeah. And that's it. That's no, there's no other way. It succeeds or fails on her performance. But anyways, the Judy, I just, I just did not buy her as Judy Garland. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I did not buy her as Judy Garland. I thought. The film was overlong. Um, I thought that whoever the guy who plays Mickey is the most annoying character in the history of this planet. Okay. And I, I, if you're that. talking about like just schlocky, like kind of accents, that's it. <laughs> he tries to do this New York accent and is like the worst. I mean, he might, I haven't researched this. He Thin might have actually, rock. Yeah, he might have sounded like this in real life. I don't know. I haven't researched this. And maybe he did. But holy crap, it is the most like was it like 1950s kind of like accent? No, it's like the typical kind of like Brooklyn kind of accent. Oh just, yeah, like Sopranos. Yeah, it's a fucking gabagool. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, and I just I don't know. It it just wasn't. How mad are you going to be if Renee Zellweger gets an Oscar for this? Oh, I, I won't be mad. I love Renee Zellweger. And I think that's yeah. why she's going to get it because everyone's like, oh, I love Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of have sympathy points towards her just because like, she hasn't been anywhere in a while and I like seeing people make a comeback. So I think the only <laughs> thing that will sink her Oscar chances is I think if she, I mean, I, it's going to get more nominations than The Wife, but it feels yeah. kind of like The Wife where yeah, like, yeah. it's very much like it's a film that's, yeah, mostly right. Yeah, you know about yeah. it, but like it's it's just her performance that stands out. Yeah. Um, the costumes stand out as well. Um, I will say that the costumes do. So the, that's probably gonna get a nom for costume, um, but design. But um, it I feel it feels like this year's wife. Mm. Um, but and it feels like Scarlett Johansson might be in this year's favorite <laughs> you know oh like, gosh i don't know if she's gonna win an oscar this year because yeah she kind of she kind of dug her own grave <laughs> by opening up her mouth too much yeah we're you know. just we're not it's like god damn say that shit behind closed doors <laughs> Just like who's her who's her press agent? Who's like, oh yeah, you can say that. She just does not care. She <laughs> does not care. She's like, I got that Avengers money. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's, there's something admirable in that. If it wasn't so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like if you were if you could like if you were in a like like I remember uh, Robert Downey Jr. said something about acting in independent films. Where I thought, like, yeah, he's got a good point. And it was, like, totally, like, something people would hate. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, nah, he's totally fucking right. You know, uh, I'd have to look it up. But basically it was, like, yeah, do you want to work for this movie for barely any money? And then hope that this movie goes somewhere where it might not go anywhere. And 90% of the time the movies are shit. It's, like, no, I'd rather do Iron Man and make, like, millions of dollars. It's, like, yeah, he's right. I'd, I'd love to see Downey Jr., though, on something. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he's amazing. And, uh... Let's see what our reviews we got here. We got The Traitor, The Climb. Uh, did either of those stand out to you? No, not whatsoever. Eh, Traitor's in my bottom five. <laughs> <laughs> and The Climb was a, kind of a middling film for me. Was so. it? 
Uh, what about Dolomite is my name? How was Ooh, that? Oh, Dolomite. That was the only <laughs> film I saw twice at TIFF. Oh, shit. All right. It that is. Was... It's it's a, it's the comeback role for Eddie Murphy and for Wesley oh, Snipes, shit. too. Um, Wesley Snipes is going to have a comeback? Yeah, Wesley Snipes is in this film. and He's, he's hard did, to work with, man. I don't know. <laughs> he has a fantastic... He, Wesley Snipes kind of plays himself. Oh, really? <laughs> this movie, he's, he plays a director who's hard to work with. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, now I want to see it. But yeah. it's, uh, if, it's about, uh, have you ever heard of um, Dolomite? Um, from He's a, a, a black exploitation character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, uh, the, he, he's played by Rudy Ray Moore, mm. who um, was kind of this, this struggling kind of comedian slash singer slash yeah. actor slash all the above. Um, and he uh, stumbles upon this thing called the Dozens. Now, anyone who doesn't know what the Dozens is, this Dozens in the black community dates back basically to the Civil War. Mm. And uh, it used to be kind of this, you could give pithy rhymes that would insult yeah. the person, right? But they wouldn't kind of know they would be insulted, right? So yeah. you, it very much worked for black slaves who, you know, had a master, they hated them, but they didn't want, they couldn't say they hated them, right? Yeah, 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 then yeah, later yeah. on, though, it'd be, it'd be, you know, as obviously slavery ended, um, and we got to the early 1900s, and you start having blacks treated as second-class citizens, right? Yeah. You start having uh, the, these these things kind of become, the, uh, the insults become even more egregious, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, a lot of them are profane. A lot of them, they, they are the, the, the basis of your mama jokes. <laughs> you, you date, your mama jokes date back to the dozens. Oh, um, and so, but Rudy Ray Moore was almost on the idea of, wait, what if I took these old jokes and polished them up? Yeah. And made him into a stand-up act, and that's what he does. And um, oh. Eddie Murphy plays Rudy Ray Moore, and the uh, screenwriters of, of Dolomite are the same screenwriters who wrote Ed Wood. <laughs> really? <laughs> and also Big Eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they wrote Ed Wood, and uh, Eddie Murphy's just fantastic. It's a throwback Eddie Murphy performance. It's all the things you love about Eddie Murphy's in this film. And he has a stand-up special coming out, too. Yeah, he yeah. does he. Yeah, is it was that finalized on Netflix. Netflix? Was that yeah. finalized? Yeah, that's coming out on Netflix, I think. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so uh, don't pull a fucking Norbit again. <laughs> but he, he and don't walk out of the Oscars if you don't win. <laughs> he might be yeah. nominated. He yeah. might be nominated for the Oscar, and, yeah. and so at some point, uh, Dolomite becomes this you know this kind of breakthrough kind of local celebrity, and um, he. Uh, um, some was on the idea of wait, if I want to really be a celebrity, yeah. why don't I make a movie? Yeah. And so this it very much it turns from being it, it it turns from being this kind of like you know this down and out kind of guy to being really a, a this year's disaster artist. Oh really? <laughs> and so he gets all his friends like Mike Epps is in it. Um, 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 uh, Keegan Mike and Keel, Michael Keel is, Key is in it. Um, uh, yep. And um, Mc, Cody Smith McPhee, Keegan Michael Key, Craig Robinson, Chris Rock, Snoop Dogg. You got it. Yeah, you got a cast here. Uh, yeah, but and and um, it's interesting because um, what I think that would 
separates this from the disaster is the disaster yeah. is very much making fun of its subject. Yeah. It really does not respect Tommy Wiseau whatsoever. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. Tommy Wiseau is literally a clown in the disaster. He's even worse in the book. Yeah. You know, you're, oh my God, the book's so much better, but you know, that's an old argument. <laughs> but, he, yeah. but whereas in um, Dolomite, Rudery Moore very much is this just this sincere guy who just wants to be seen. He just yeah. wants to be big. He uh, just want to be. He just wants to be noticed. Yeah. And it's the the that kind of I don't know that primal want to just be be seen and noticed. I Eddie Eddie Murphy's just so sincere and he's incredibly funny. You see shades of his performance in The Nutty Professor in it. You see his oh, shades wow. of his performance in Life. Um, shades of, of of Beverly Hills Cops, like there, there are moments uh-huh. where it's just you, there are the classic Eddie Murphyisms that are being directed in a way that's amazing. And uh, Wesley Snipes, Wesley Snipes, I think every single one of his scenes you could gif. <laughs> like, really, like his facial expressions oh, are man. so fantastic. <laughs> uh, he plays this. Uh, this uh, this actor who's brought on um, I can't remember the actor's name Duvall I think maybe Robert there. Duvall no not, not, not Duvall <laughs> um, God, but he a, a real life actor who yeah. um, they brought on to direct it and he's just like this guy who's just like uh, I'm in this sh- yeah. shitty low rent film <laughs> I'm so much better than this I was just in Rosemary's fucking baby like <laughs> um, and but like he's he's he really is fantastic. Anytime he, he, the way he says he says action, he says action. Oh <laughs> like, god, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah, it becomes yeah. a thing throughout the whole film. But yeah, I saw it twice, and I loved it the more the second time I saw it even more. Oh <laughs> my god! So that I think that ended up in my top ten of Tiff. That yeah, that that, that sounds kind of like yeah. It's like another cool comeback film, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah we, I mean, we have Judy, which is a shitty comeback film. <laughs> but then we have uh, Dolomite, which is, uh, or My Name is Dolomite, which is the awesome comeback no, film. No, Dolomite is my name. Dolomite is my name is Dol- the awesome his, comeback his, film. And his tagline is, uh, Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Which I did. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of comebacks, there are a lot of, at TIFF this year, there were a lot of comebacks. There were a lot, uh, like uh, Antonio Banderas yeah. um, and, and, and Renee Zellweger and Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes. And there were a lot of breakout performances. Taylor Russell and yep. Waze is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver. Yeah, <laughs> Adam Driver. Not necessarily breakout performance, but like career best performance. Yeah, career well. best. Yeah. That's a career best, but not breakout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, Tiff, Tiff offered a lot. And I didn't get even get to see all the Tiff. I, I, missed, I missed Ford versus Ferrari. I missed Jojo Rabbit. And I missed... Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Those mm, are the three. Yeah. I heard Jojo Rabbit isn't that like I heard eh, things about that, it. You yeah. know, I I really I have to see it. Um, yeah. And but I I there was some controversy around it that I was like, oh that the, the movie where Hitler's like they're making comedy with it. I could have possibly see where the controversy yeah. <laughs> comes from. There was there was some controversy <laughs> around it, but um, yeah. And, and that's play, that is playing at Chicago International Film Festival. Jojo awesome. Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you're looking to catch up on it, people out oh, there. Oh yeah. Go I'm gonna it. I'm gonna be get my 20 movie pass so maybe you guys can see me there, mm. and uh, but yeah, is there was is there anything else from Tiff you can remember? I mean, Jesus, you only saw 36 films. I need to see more. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, uh, anything else? I was oh um, yeah. 
I'm gonna do two very quick plugs for yeah. Knives Out and Parasite. Okay, Knives Out. Here comes the angry Star Wars fan. Eh, fuck Ryan Johnson. Oh, Ryan Johnson. He's, it's this, this film is probably the closest thing to a perfect whodunit. Oh, really? It's, it's very much an Agatha Christie mold, but it's a do, it, it, yeah. it's a comedy. Mm. Um, it stars uh, Daniel Craig. Yep. Uh, yeah. um, uh, Captain America's in it. Chris Evans, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, 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 Lakeus, um, I don't know why I'm waking out his name right now. I'm bad with names, guys. <laughs> no, I'm worse. Stanfeld, right? If I didn't have, if I didn't have, uh, IMDb on my phone, we'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's kind of like an all-star cast in yeah, a way. Yeah, it is. It very much is an all-star cast. Uh, Tony Collette's in there. Anna D. Abrams is in it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> this... Oh, and Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer's in it. Oh, my God. God he's yeah, still but, ticking. Yeah, Michael yeah. Shannon. Michael Shannon, yeah. And he always has the best quotes on uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> it's time for this generation to die or something like that. Michael <laughs> Shannon is an amazing human being. Oh, like, my you know, God. Michael Shannon is my... It, everyone has that actor. Like, it doesn't matter what they're in, they'll see it. Michael Shannon, whatever he's in, I'll see it. His I'll performance in Revolutionary Road is still like his best one. Oh, yeah. I thought he should have won the Oscar for that. Yeah, like, that was bullshit. Who won over him for that? Oh, I can't remember. That's eh, because it wasn't memorable. Uh, <laughs> it was probably someone who was due, but he was, he's just fantastic. He's a fantastic actor. Chicago yeah. guy. Holy Chicago shit, man. Tony Collette's in this movie. Yeah. He might have, yeah. God, her performance in uh, Hereditary was just fucking incredible. So yeah, Don Johnson. Don Johnson, who's great Frank in this film too. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is fantastic in this film. Um, and so um, it's about, uh, well, I'm not really giving away anything if I say yeah. but, uh, but Christopher Plummer plays this, uh, this rich patriarch of this family yeah. who is killed at the beginning of the film. And basically it's a game of, a combination of a game of Clue and Agatha Christie. Mm. And it's um, uh, Daniel Craig plays a detective who's brought in to figure out, you know, who killed Christopher Plummer's character. Yeah. Um, and it's just so fucking funny and hilarious. <laughs> and Ryan Johnson, it's, it's very much is like kind of like the Brothers Bloom almost in yeah. a way for me. So um, unlike, unlike The Last Jedi, the usage of humor is... is is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it, you know what? Very much, it very much is his Twitter feed. Uh, there's a lot of him making fun of uh, MAGA on there, and like you know, there uh, a, a lot of those characters like think like Donald Trump. They're like um, very. Uh, they're one of the great uh, running gags in there is uh, the um, the nanny. They yeah. keep getting her the country where she's from wrong. They're like from Venezuela. She's from Venezuela. <laughs> Later on in the movie, yeah, she's from Brazil. She's like, <laughs> like, this person. They're like, oh, you're like family to us. You know, like they can't even remember what country she's from. Yeah, because they're just so used to looking down. You know, yeah. on people. And there's there's a, a it's very interesting. Um, conversation on class that you wouldn't expect in mm. a comedy. Mm. Um, so knives out and then parasite, uh, which is. I am on the bong hive. I am there. <laughs> we are here. We are. Um, and that one is also, oddly enough, I guess not a mystery, but it's, it's a film that takes a lot of twists and turns. Like, I could give you yeah. the whole plot right now and it still would make sense to you. Really? And the first 20 minutes begins like uh, a combination of shoplifters and burning. Yeah. And it takes a complete 180 and it turns into this, um, really this film about 
kind of shitty human beings. <laughs> oh, so this is this is from the guy who did Okja. Yes. Yeah. When you said I'm on a bong high, I thought you said you hit up a bong before you saw. No, the no, that, that's the big. Thing. <laughs> no, that's the big thing. John Hul bong. No, that's the big. Uh, that's the big thing on Twitter is, the, is hashtag bong hive, yeah. uh, which was started by uh, Karen Han, who started that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's it, it's. Um, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic piece of work. It's, wow. um, it was one of those films I didn't want to write about. I did not write about because I was like, I just want to watch it five more times. <laughs> oh my gosh. This um, guy's really an up and comer. I absolutely loved Okja. You know, I can't wait to see what this is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, just, yeah. We also made Snow, Snowpiercer too. Yep. And he made yeah. it, he's made a few other films. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he's... Um, I don't know, I'm blanking on his films. His first film's fantastic. Uh, Snow Piercer, Memories of... God damn it, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but anyways, oh yeah, Parasite, Oakjaw, Snow Piercer, Mother, Tokyo, The Host. Uh, Influenza, that's a short, yeah. Yeah. Memories of Murder, yeah. Memories of Murder is, is, is probably his masterpiece. But yeah, oh, he's, he's a fantastic director. Um, Gotta get on that bong high. Yeah, bong hive, hive. Bong hive. The hive. The bong hive. Like, yeah, I, I think she was kind of taking it from, like, yeah, Beyonce. Yeah, the, oh, okay. Yeah, the beehive. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. See, I don't, I don't follow most music these days. I'm an old curmudgeon man, so I don't... Uh. Uh, but those those were the films that stuck out for me. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. I just got an update from someone about uh, screening. But, um, Sweet. Um... Oh, the only other film that actually, I, well, actually, no, so I'm, I'm just going to go through my top ten very quickly of, yeah. of TIFF. Uh, so I've got Pain and Glory, and this is an order from 110, Pain and Glory, yeah. Knives Out, Marriage Story, Waves, Parasite, Coming Home Again, which is a film by w w Wayne Wong. Um, fuck, I can't remember what film he made now. <laughs> um, but then also there's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, yeah. The Lighthouse, uh, uh, Sound of Metal and Dolomite is my name. So that was my top ten of TIFF. Wow. Well, that's a hell of a list. <laughs> you should have put Joker on there because now you're going to get the... How's, how are the messages on that one? You know what? It, they weren't like, bad. Were they cool? They weren't... No, they yeah. weren't They weren't bad. I, I've had that I had that number 16, but everything that yeah. I... Everything that was 16 and above on yeah. Letterboxd when we got a 4 out of 5. Yeah. At least a 4 out of 5. So, like, I, I've warmed up a lot to it, actually. Um, oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, so, no, it wasn't that bad, um, and I think some, I think partly the reason it wasn't that bad is because I liked it somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also because, um, well, I have a dick, so, like, uh, like I, I know, have, I know what you're referencing, yes. Yeah, so, like, I think a lot of, a lot of the harshest, a lot of the harshest, uh, uh, um, Criticism, not came yeah, crit from, not even criticism, but just harassment. Just yeah, just trolls, you know, um, just came at, the men. came at the expense of women and women of color, yeah, um, and uh, transgender critics as well, like yeah. uh, Daniel Solzman. Yeah, uh, yeah, I heard they really, woof, yeah, yeah. So I think because I'm, I'm just I'm male, and yeah. I was somewhat positive on it. I, the, yeah. it, I haven't really gotten any comments on it. I've gotten a lot of views, but not a lot of comments. I think. Mm. In fact, there was one person who was like, "I've, you know, I've got a lot of compliments on it." Oh, actually. okay. So, um, I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> but then again, I like Blade writer. Runner twenty forty nine, and that's like a lot. That's considered a problematic film. Really? Too. Yeah, I don't know why some people don't like it. If anyone doesn't like it, they're objectively wrong. Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I think it's just the the way that the 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 
the female characters are treated within it. <coughs> as, Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. It's just they're all just this guy. The, the women who are fighting over this guy. You know, like you know, even a woman. You know, the the woman who has the most death in the film is a fucking hologram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is that is very true. So she is a just how, and then the other one is kind of like. Uh, she, she, she's just basically, uh, 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 I can't remember the actor's name, I'm blanking on it too now, but she was basically Neander Hooks. Wallace's bitch, you know. Hooks? What? Hooks, I think that's her name, right? Oh, really? Sylvia Hooks? Yeah. Got it? Yeah. yeah. Her performance was amazing, but yeah, she basically was subservient to him. The only one who kind of stood as a woman, indivi- as an individual in that movie was, uh, you know, Agent K's boss, you know, Robin Wright's character. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's yeah. So but it, everyone else, like, they, they would constantly show a woman naked and having sex with each other behind glass. And, yeah. you know, they're shooting Rachel and she dies, like, execution style. So I could, I could see... Absolutely, see that criticism. You know? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I could, I could, yeah, I definitely could see it too. I still love the film, though. I yeah, still, I still I understand love it. The, I still, I understand the problematic aspects of it. But I still think, as a film, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like the vis- it's visually just amazing. I honestly um, think it's better than the first one. Yeah. Because, because, like, I get, I get, like, a lot of people say, "Oh, the first one's great." It's like, "Oh no, that's through more of a nostalgia lens." Mm-hmm. Because the first one, if you think about it, it's like, yes, these replicants are scared. Yes, like they have reasons for going on a killing spree, but still, it's like they're kind of getting retired because they're just horribly murdering and like harassing people, you know. I think Chris yeah. Chris Tapley. I was re- on my way over here. I yeah. was reading on. Uh, he tweeted out, um, um, "Review what you see and not what you feel." Yeah, and I was like, "Ah, eh, you could do both." But yeah, <laughs> but I do think sometimes the feel of something. Yeah. Um, supersede sometimes of what you see, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that happens one too many times. Um, yeah. And I, I do think you can compartmentalize a film and and still, I mean, like, you know, I always go back to Phantom Thread. I fucking yeah. hate Phantom Thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, hate yeah. it. But when I reviewed it, I gave it 3.5 out of 4 because mm. it's a fantastic film. The mm. actual filmmaking portions is fantastic. The technical aspect's nice. Yeah. And so, like, I think sometimes, you know, like, uh, like Joker, right? I was trying to explain to people why I was giving it two point five out of four. I was like, well, yeah. if I look at the technical aspects of it, I can't logically tell myself that it's below a two out of four. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's just the half point is whether I liked it or not. That's yeah. that's the most I I my personal whether I personally liked it and whether I felt great about yeah. it. Yeah. That only takes up half a point for me. Yeah. Yeah. And with twenty forty nine, I see and I felt more than the original. Like, I just didn't feel as much. But you know what? I still love both of them, and they're both very different movies. You know, yeah. Blade Runner is an existential survival film, and Blade Runner 2049 is an existential uh, detective film. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, very different movies, but very much the same. And they, they didn't slavishly copy, or the other one didn't slavishly copy the other one. Uh, but, so for Tiff, that sounds like an amazing... It was, and it was amazing, and I got I, my reward. I got to rest for two weeks and yeah. for two days, for two days, and now I am watching screeners for New York Film Festival. Uh, um, you're back on the horse. I'm back on it, and then I am 
let's see, today is Friday, right? Yeah. Five days I'm leaving for New York for New York Film Festival okay. for the premiere of The Irishman. <laughs> oh my God. Three and a half hours of CGI de-aging. world <laughs> premiere of The Irishman. And there's supposed to be a, uh, there's supposed to be a press conference yeah. after it. For, 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 uh, with Scorsese? With, with Scorsese. Can I get your ticket? Uh, <laughs> Scorsese, Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm making I'm making the long trip out there. I think I don't I think I'm one of the very few Chicago critics going yeah. to, that's going to be out there. It's going to be wow. Yeah, and so it's going to be. I know A. A. Dowd's going out there. I don't know who else. I'm so. going to sneak on that plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, the second they announced the Irishman, I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply for New York Film Festival. Yeah, see yeah, if yeah. I get it. And yeah, if yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know if I could afford it, but I was like, let me see if I can find a couch to crash on. I've got some airline miles. I yeah, can put it all together. Maybe let's see what happens. Yeah. And I, thankfully, it looks like it's going to work out but yeah that's the yeah, that's uh the thing to look forward to on my website the that uh, premieres one two film reviews that premieres on the 27th you'll probably see my review on the 27th <laughs> i probably agree that i'll see that review <laughs> yeah. um but. unless i'm writing for someone else which so far the uh the offers are scant <laughs> yeah, i'm waiting yeah. on a couple of editors to see but it looks like it looks like everyone um i th- i think this is one of the very few times that there aren't going to be many Writer writers covering this film. It's going to be a lot of editors covering covering the film. Oh, really? It's such a big. Yeah, just, no one wants to fuck up Scorsese. <laughs> reviewing that. <laughs> yeah, they'll he'll send Joe Pesci after you. you know? <laughs> oh, Joe Pesci. You got a bad fucking review. You got a bad review. Huh? Yeah, that's not a bad Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe Pesci Casino. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, Told my friend to go fuck himself. No, it's sticking up his fucking ass. Who's that? Who else is in? Cause uh, who, um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, God, the uh, who else is in Casino? Yeah, that's Robert her. De Niro. No, not not De Niro. Um, the degenerate gambler, or <laughs> which character are you thinking of here? Hang on, I'll pull him up. Not Sharon Stone. She, he cheats with Sharon Stone. Yeah, not Pesci because Pesci does it too. But <laughs> yeah, he does too. Pesci finally gets someone in a movie. Well, he did in. Uh, that, that movie did with oh, the That's the piece of candy man. guy. The piece of candy guy? And family guy. What? <laughs> I don't know who James that is. Woods. There we go. Oh, James Woods. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's the that's, pimp. The, yeah, that's the film where you find out that James Woods actually isn't acting. That's who he is. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just James Woods, man. <laughs> he's just that much of a jackass. <laughs> yeah, no, he really is. <laughs> um, a terrible, terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all that's all I've got for Tiff. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the Irishman. I gotta get my tickets for the Chicago International Film Festival. I'm so waiting to be approved for that. I just applied a few days ago because I was so wrapped up with Tiff. Oh, I, I'm just I'm just getting a peasant pass. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I. You know, who knows what kind of pass I get? What kind yeah. Of test pass I'm just I get. I'm just getting a pass to see like 20 movies, general admission. Oh, nice. That's it, you know. Yeah. It's like 270 bucks, so. That's actually not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I saw. That's not bad, actually. Got it. For some lots of that might be premieres for Chicago. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, I'm going mean, to pay. I'm about to pay 22 bucks for Ad Astra tonight, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, shit. That's playing down the street here, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Ad Astra? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. it is. A, well, I'm going to see it at IMAX at Navy Pier. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I've been told that's the is way to go. Is it shot on 70? 
I don't know, actually. Yeah. I don't actually don't know. I read Brian Tedarico's review. He didn't mention it. I usually don't yeah. read reviews before yeah. I, I, um, I, I review here. it myself. Uh, I've been plugging Brian Tedarico a lot, I know. But, That's okay. Uh, uh, no, it's fantastic. He's, family, no, he's, fan, he's amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, I, his review was fantastic of that film. Mm, yeah. Oh, he's an amazing writer. Check Robert Daniels out at 812filmreviews.com. You can check out his stuff also at rogerebert.com. You can check me out at ypareviews.com where we have our podcast, we have our YouTube channel, we have our written reviews. Okay, thank you so much, guys, and I'll see you later.